we do what we do because we love it first. You know what I mean? We don't do it for the money. We do what we do because we love it first, and everything else will come second. And that's truthfully what I believe in. I, I always believe there's always a positive way to market yourself. Um, there's always a positive way to inspire people. Um, there's always a positive way to, to gain profit. You know what I mean? But first and foremost, you've got to love what you do, and everything else will filter in. So. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Basketball to Business Media Podcast, where we help basketball player developers increase their sales, build awareness, and scale their training business. If you like to learn more about what we do and take action towards getting more clients, check us out at www.basketballtobusiness.com. Now, here's your host, my son, Jones. Oh, one thing. Anthony, it's Bathalon, correct? Yes, it is. Bathalon, absolutely. Bathalon, got it. Everybody, thanks for joining Basketball to Business Podcast. I have Anthony Bathalon here with me. Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, my man. How you doing? I appreciate you having me. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. I'm, I'm excited for what everybody's about to hear. So for the people who are listening right now, why should they listen all the way throughout? I truthfully believe they should listen simply because this is about way more than basketball and this will be able like you will literally be able to take what you hear today and just inspire yourself to want more i'm a true believer in understanding your focus and understanding your game plan and then really understanding your drive and your reasoning but more or less i truthfully believe you as a person and i'm speaking to the people right now you as a person will be able to fully connect with what i have to say what this podcast is about and really just be able to push your your next step, your next project, your next journey to that next level. Got it, got it. So can you update people on your story starting from maybe your sophomore, junior year in high school up to now? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I played for Lake Region Union High School. I was the type of kid that was very troubled in the sense of connection. I felt like I always had to prove myself, which was a hard burden placed on a kid at such a young age. And I felt like I always had to be that person that always could rise above negativity, um, that could always rise above criticism, and that could always just rise above below expectation. And so I put myself in a situation where my attitude always reflected my day. So I always would grind. I would always grind, always grind, always grind. And I would always do it with a chip on my shoulder. And sometimes people don't necessarily understand that chip. And so I want to say my sophomore, junior year of high school, when I started playing varsity basketball, a local coach named James Ingles, he's a good guy, but he and I, as far as coach and player, didn't mix well. And so what ended up happening, or I want to say around my junior, halfway through my junior basketball season, the coach and I ended up getting into this little scuffle about Whatever had happened prior to that day's practice, it could have been in the last game. I'm not quite sure what it was, but I got upset. Again, at, at, at a young age, I had an attitude, and so I put myself in a position where I wasn't always successful. I didn't always choose the right moves, and so this was one of them. We got in a little argument, and I ended up walking towards the locker room door, and he yelled across the uh, gym saying, Anthony, if, if you walk into the locker room, you're off this team. Now, I had that attitude where – I'm one of the best players in the state at this time. And that was, that was just facts. That was just a fact. I was one of the best players in the state of Vermont at the time. And I was easily one of the best players, if not the best player on the team. 
And so I put myself in a situation where I'm like, there's no way. There's no way this guy will kick me off the team. He's not going to do this to me. He's not going to do this to the school. He's not going to do this to our fans. He's not going to do this to the team. There's no way he's kicking me off the team. Sure enough, I get my stuff. I walk out of the locker room. I'm getting ready to leave. My parents are in the parking lot waiting for me. So I get ready to head out. And he comes up to me and he says, Anthony, I want your gym clothes and I want your jersey and shorts in the bag tomorrow. You're off this team. So I didn't believe it, but I got into the car, I left. When I got home, I was crying to my mom. I was basically begging her to talk to him, to talk to the coach. And so she went to the school the next day and she basically said, Anthony, you know how he is. Like he, he struggles to connect with people that he doesn't necessarily trust. Again, I wasn't there, so I had no idea exactly what she was saying, but she pretty much told me what she told him, and he was still a no, it was still a no-go. He, he did not want me on the team. And so um, I handed my stuff in, bawling my eyes out. It was a long day in school. I actually left early because I just couldn't, couldn't handle it, you know what I mean? And I put myself in a situation where I just didn't want to be involved with anything. So without basketball, I felt like nothing – in life mattered. So I decided school wasn't for me. And so obviously acting up in school, my grades went down. It was just all bad. And finally, like the school committee came together and they basically said, we just got to get rid of this kid. And so I essentially left slash got kicked out of school. And I remember just spending hours, days on end on my parents' couch over and over and over again. I did not go to, to any school. I wasn't trying to, to get involved with schools. I was just sitting there. A junior in high school just dropped out. And it, it was like I was lifeless. I had no soul. And, and that really didn't help me progress any until one day I decided, Anthony, you need to be somebody different. You need to do different. And you need to choose to, to want to be different. And that's when I took my first leap of faith to really become something in this world that nobody expected. And what is that? Is it a trainer? Yes, yes. Well, first and foremost, it, like a basketball trainer came after that. But more or less, I was like, I, I need to get back in school. That's what I told myself. I'm like, I need to get back in school because I need to graduate. And so I went to this school called Linden Institute. And I can just remember trying to get into the school. Now, this is a private school in Lindenville, Vermont, another small area, but nonetheless, an area that gave me an opportunity to fulfill my wishes and goals of completing high school. And so I had to go in front of the school board and basically write a letter to them asking if I could come to school there, literally go to school there. And they turned my letter down three times. A guy named Mark Smith, um, the coach at Linden Institute at the time, was helping me get involved with the school and really trying to push me forward. And they legitimately turned my they just turned my request to go to school there down three times in a row, straight up three times in a row. And finally, Mark Smith and I sat down and he talked to me and he's like, Anthony, listen, I talked to the school board and I want you to hear this out. And he basically told me, don't come at me with negativity. He's just like, I just want you to hear me out. This isn't me saying it. This is them. So he sat me down and he simply said, they read your letter and what they don't like about your letter is it, it basically is saying the only reason why you want to go to school here is because you want to play basketball and finish your senior year playing. And he then looked at me and said, the only way they are going to accept your application, the only way they're going to accept your 
letter is if you choose to not play basketball your senior year. And so basically graduate, get grades, and go to college. But they were not going to allow me to play on the varsity basketball team for the school the entire year. And so that, that kind of was a huge hit for me. I rewrote the letter. I went in front of the school board. I talked to the headmaster, and I basically agreed to it because I realized there has to be way more to life than basketball. And at this time, it was just bleak. It was just basically, Anthony, you need to graduate high school and go to college. And so that was, that was my attitude, and I decided I'm going to go with it. And so, unfortunately, I wasn't able to play basketball my senior year whatsoever. Um, but I got to support the team. I got to travel with the team. I got to be at every single practice. And that's kind of when I developed my love and passion for coaching, teaching, and analyzing the game of basketball. So when did you, I know a lot of stuff happened, transpired after that, but in terms of the basketball training, when did you actually start? Tell me about the time you had your first client, your actual first body that you received funds from for taking them through a workout. Absolutely. So I want to say uh, this came, this came about 2012-ish, 2012, 2011-2012. I put myself in a situation where I just realized basketball just wasn't in the cards for me playing-wise at the time, and I needed to do something. But I still wanted to be around the game. I still wanted to somehow make money doing what I love. And so I can remember living in Newport, Vermont, on a place called Second Street. And right by Second Street was this local gym called the Newport Municipal Building. I would train athletes there all the time. But I was training athletes for five, ten, fifteen dollars, maybe twenty dollars max. And I had that attitude of, well, all I need to do is get ten, twelve clients and I can train them for ten dollars and I can make a hundred and some odd dollars a week or a month or whatever the case may be. And my attitude was that was okay. That was my attitude. It was okay for me to make five, ten, fifteen dollars a session and only be able to afford hot dogs or macaroni and cheese at the local gas station. That was my grind on a day to day basis and I was okay with that. And the issue with that is at the time I didn't realize how good I really was. You know what I mean? I didn't respect the fact that, you know what, I can really do something with this training situation. I can really become something with this teaching situation. I can really believe and build something with this motivative and inspiring mindset that I have. And at the time, I just wasn't connecting all the pieces together. And so I was completely okay with my $5 mindset. I was completely okay with my $10 mindset. And it wasn't necessarily pushing me forward but it wasn't necessarily pushing me back, but I was complacent. I, I, I was completely okay with being where I was at. And then one day I just realized like, um, like I had the local news station, Channel 3 News in Burlington, Vermont, catch wind of what I was doing. And they wanted to do a story on me in an interview. And when they were doing that story in interview, I didn't tell them how much I was making. They just assumed that I was, I was doing well. Like I never told them how much I was making, but they assumed I was doing well. I had some good support. I had some good people behind me, but I never told them that I'm only making like five, ten dollars a session, fifteen dollars a session. I don't necessarily have a consistent place that I can train these athletes. I don't necessarily have a place where I can go and rest my head when I get out of the gym. 
this is just by chance over and over and over again. I would just replay it in my head. Anthony, you're okay. You're going to be okay. But after that Channel 3 um, news interview, I realized I could be really good. You know what I mean? I could be really good, and I, I just really have to get rid of this 5 to $10 mindset because, honestly, if you feel like you're worth 5 to $10, that's truthfully all you're worth. That's really all you're worth is 5 to $10. And so I put myself in a situation where it's, it's time to grow, and it's really time to see how far I could climb this training ladder. That's, that's, that's a great point. So first question is, what were you doing while you were charging that low price? How are you maintaining? Were you at home? Were you had a, did you have a side job? Well, my parents and I actually, we didn't even, we weren't getting along at that time. Like we really didn't have a connection. And unfortunately that propelled me to have to be away from the family. I had to push myself away from the family. Um, they pushed themselves away from me. It was just all a mumbo jumbo situation. And so I was living with my friend Josh Carey and his family in Newport. Again, that was on 2nd Street right across the road. I had just met this guy. And I don't know if anybody out there is like faithful or whatever or, or believes in anything at all, but this guy was put in my life for a reason. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But with that being said, he allowed me to stay at his place scotch-free. What I would do is like every now and then I would, I would stack up 30 to $40 and go get food so they could put that on the table because it wasn't just me and him. It was like him and his family. And so he really opened up his place for me to be able to hold on to whatever amount of dream that I had left. And that's what really made me push more because I saw how hard he worked. I saw how hard he strived with his three kids because they didn't have everything. They didn't have a whole lot of money, but he still kept working and he still put himself in a position to always make sure his kids were taken care of. I've never seen that guy in my entire life take without giving to his kids first. And I've seen him go without eating. I've seen, like, I've seen him personally go without eating for three days, three, four days straight, just to make sure his kids had something on their plate. And so coming back from the gym, and seeing that on a day-to-day basis, it really made me realize I want to be able to help him. I want to be able to help not only him, but I want to be able to help his kids because I got close to these people. You know what I mean? I, I put myself in a situation where I'm seeing these guys every single day. They are my family now. I've got to support these guys. I've got to put in, um, I've got to put in my own work. I've got to put in my own um, hours in order to really help him maintain a float. You know what I mean? Just maintain his ability to stay above water. And so I really didn't have much, but I had enough to get by. And that's really, I think, how I was able to sustain, again, that, that mindset of I don't need too much right now. Man, that's great. So it's kind of interesting how you seeing your friend struggle but also provide and seeing the news station come shoot your story like those two things intertwined helps you to get past that limiting belief, that $5 mindset, right? So what did you, what did you change about your – the mindset shift obviously changed some practical things. What specifically changed? Well, I realized in order to get to a higher level, I was going to have to put myself on a pedestal. You know what I mean? A lot of people take words like don't put yourself on – or excuse me, take phrases like don't put yourself on a pedestal. And they automatically give it a negative feel. And in all reality, it's like, if you don't put yourself out there, if you do not put yourself out there, 
who is going to even find you? Or if you're not even willing to take a shot on yourself, who is going to be willing to take a shot on you? You know what I mean? And so I put myself in a position that, you know what, I've got to grow and I've got to get bigger. I can't be training one player, two players, three players, four players a week for $10. That's $40. You know what I mean? I can't be doing that because that, that's not benefiting the people that I love, the people that I want to support, and the people that I honestly want to see do well in life, including myself. And so I just got out of that mindset. I'm like, you know what? I got to start running camps. Basically, I told myself I have to start getting people to believe in me in a bulk situation. In bulk situation, I simply mean more kids in the gym, less time in the gym, more money made per session or per group or per week. And so I just told myself, you know what? Five to ten kids instead of five to ten dollars. Every single day, I would tell myself, five to ten kids instead of five to ten dollars. So my mindset as far as how can I attract these people? How can I not? Because I'm not just talking about kids. I have to obviously have the parents are the ones with the wallet. I have to obviously convince these parents that I'm that person. I'm that guy. I'm that person that you want your kid to be with or to be around before trainer. You need to want me to be around your kids in general. And so I had to find a way to, to, to convince these parents, like, I'm that guy. You know what I mean? Like, like allow me to show you what I can do for your kids. And this isn't Man, just about that's- that. That that's a that's a fantastic point. Because even for myself, man, it's it's like, you know, I believe that I have great. Obviously, everybody has messed up parts about them, but I believe morally compared to other people, I would trust my kid around me, or I would trust my kid around somebody who was similar to me. And if you don't believe, not you, Anthony, but if you don't believe in yourself, then like you said, why should anybody else believe in you? Why should anybody else support you if you don't do it yourself? And obscurity, like the state of being unknown, that is the thing that kills so many people. And it's killed me before, too. It's literally, there's no, you don't serve the world by being small, right? I forgot who said that, but it's a quote. Like, you don't serve the world by being small. And you you do yourself a disservice and you do the other people a disservice if you don't put your stuff out there, right? And I don't know, it's interesting to hear how your mindset clicked when you saw your friend struggling, when this news station came out there too. So what would you say to those trainers who, you know, they believe that they are a good person. They believe that they are the right person and they can attract parents. But for the person who was active on social media, who was continuously putting stuff out there, but they're getting no results, how do you tell them to keep going and that what you do is working? Absolutely. How I tell them and how I would tell anyone to keep going, again, from any field, but more or less as a basketball trainer, how I would tell them to keep going is by really starting to understand, like, who are you even promoting to? You know what I mean? Like, what type of person are you trying to attract? And then I would ask him, like, like, are you even attracted to that person? Because I could sit on Instagram all day and follow basketball trainers. I can follow basketball players. I can follow street ballers. I can follow basketball groups. I could do all that all day of the week and follow all these people. But does that mean my follow goes up? Absolutely not. I have to really show people why it's important to follow me first. And if I have good content, maybe that's one thing. Maybe they just like my content, so they follow me. They might not buy into it. They might not care to share it, but they start following me and liking posts and whatnot simply because 
I have good content. But to dig deeper, when you look at any successful person in the world, okay, I'm not, I'm not just saying, again, I'm not just saying athletes. I'm saying people. When you look at any successful entrepreneur in the world, the only difference between them as opposed to anyone that has a nine-to-five job, anyone that has a nine-to-five job, the only difference between them and the people that have a nine-to-five job is the fact that they know they could get a nine-to-five job, but they never, ever, ever will tell themselves that that's what they are worth. They will never tell themselves like, okay, I need to work for this person because I've earned it. You know what I mean? They won't tell themselves that. Now, is it bad to work a nine-to-five? Absolutely not. And it's more power to you. I get it. Consistent money is good money. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. You know what I'm talking about. Like Consistent money is good money. But every single entrepreneur in the world understands that, you know what, I could do the same thing if I put my mind to it. You know what I mean? Like they started from ground one and that's, that's where I want to go. And so they connect themselves to the product. That's what good entrepreneurs do. That's what I do. I connect myself to the product that I want to deliver to people. Also, I believe in my own brand. I am a personal brand. My face, the way I walk, the way I talk, the people I connect with, the people that I, I promote to, the, pe- the people that I really push myself towards, I connect with them. We have similarities, and that's what it's all about. And so the people that aren't necessarily, from trainers to entrepreneurs to, to anyone, if you're not necessarily finding pull or finding a connection with your, your clientele or the people that you're trying to promote to, maybe you just need to start from scratch. Maybe you need to start from one. Because that's where it all goes. Like you, you start from one, you figure out how you can benefit from this person. Obviously, they're benefiting from your services and they think so. So you use each other the right way. Again, you got to learn how to use people positively. Again, a lot of people put, oh, if you use people, they put that in a negative way. No, it's not a negative phrase to say, I use people. I use people to get to where I want to go. That's what business is all about. It's about using people the right way. It's about providing a product that's, that's worth buying into. It's about selling a goal, not a dream, but selling a goal and selling proof that, you know what, this can happen if you do this. I will never tell an athlete that, hey, I can get you to the NBA. I'll never tell an athlete like, hey, I can get you to a high level of college. I'll never tell an athlete like, hey, by next year, you're going to make your varsity basketball team. I will never, ever tell an athlete that. But what I will tell an athlete is this, hey, I know a way that I can make you a better person and a better player, but you have to be willing to give me everything because if you give me everything, I promise you, I will give you everything that I know that can help you progress and help you succeed in whatever it is that you want to succeed in. Now, just because I'm saying whatever it is, that doesn't mean if you want to go to the NBA, you're going to, but the point is this. If you want to have the drive, and if you want to have the determination, and if you want to have the will to never give up, I'm your guy, because I will never give up on me. I will never give up on me. So if you put yourself in my circle, why would I give up on you? That's setting me back. That's wasting my time. That's wasting you, your parents' time. That's wasting this whole podcast. That's, that's, it's pointless for me to sit here and tell you something that I don't believe in if I don't believe in it. And so that's where my passion comes from. That's where, that's where I would tell trainers, other entrepreneurs to start. Like if, if you feel like you're in the gutter, if you feel like there's a situation that you just aren't growing from, 
what you need to realize is the first person you need to look at is yourself because you are probably the problem. And that's not bad, but you are probably the problem. And so connect with yourself, understand yourself. Don't copycat. Don't, obviously you can take from people that like, and you can, you can be like, you know what? I like what this person's doing. So you can take it and innovatively use it. Innovation being the key word, innovatively use it and create something that best fits and suits you. But the more you follow people, you got to remember, like, you're just a follower. You know what I mean? Like, the more you follow people, you're just a follower. Don't you want to be a leader? Leaders lead by example. So, therefore, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, do you believe in the product that you're trying to, to offer people? Do you believe in the, in the results that you're trying to sell to people? Because if you don't believe in it, that's just false reality. And nobody likes a liar. At the end of the day, nobody likes a liar. So just look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Man, so a couple of touch points on there, because that was a lot of good stuff in that stretch. So the first thing was the attractive character. Like, that is huge. And that's something I've learned as of late, too. And I see a lot of trainers who have a lot of, have a large audience. But I realize, you know what? I would rather have 30 people in my group than have 20,000 people who are not engaging, who are not active, who are not people who I want to talk to on a podcast, right? And there's a difference between that attractive character. Like when you put stuff out there, who are you really talking to? And a little hack that I've learned and started to implement is anytime I put something out and I market it, I'm talking to Mike and Mike is my avatar. He's that, that guy, or it could be Anthony. He's that guy who, if nobody else doesn't, doesn't understand this, doesn't matter because I'm talking to one person. That's who I want to do business with. And uh, you touched on that and that makes sense. And another thing, is with the sales, with the job, what I've noticed is on a job, you're selling somebody else's product. For a job, it's tougher, at least for me, it's tougher to sell something with moral conviction. And like you said, if you don't have that moral conviction, if you don't have that belief in your heart that this is going to benefit someone else, then it's harder to sell that. It's harder to keep pushing it. It's harder to handle objections. It's harder to look at that parent in their face and I realize, like, when you sell your own, especially when you're selling yourself as a personal brand, you, you knock down any objection. You can sell anything because you're connected to it, like you said, like, it's your heart. And another thing that was interesting, too, another trainer had an interview, I think it's episode two, a guy named Stacy Scott. And the guy's made millions. He, he has four or five different facilities across the world. And he said something really interesting. He said, you know what? And I've never seen this in your marketing before either, which is really interesting because you've had success on a basketball level too. But what he said, you know what? That success on a basketball level does not always translate to the trainer. You know, it doesn't matter. Just because you play D1, D2, doesn't mean your kid is going to get better. He said, you got to sell results. And that's the basic thing you just said too. You're going to sell a goal. You're going to sell a result to a kid too. And with that entrepreneur, like it's interesting. You are the type of entrepreneur that says, you know what, I'm about to jump off this cliff, I'm about to fly down, or I'm about to figure out how to fly on my way down. There are other entrepreneurs who are, they may not even be entrepreneurs, to be frank, but they may say, yeah, I'm going to take the safe route. I'm going to have this money coming in. But you know what? It seems like you either have gotten there quicker or the other person just is not there and they won't get there because they won't take that leap. And it's just interesting. You could have easily gotten a part-time job or a full-time job while you were living with your friend across the road, but you didn't. You didn't. Yep. And is that mindset 
is it the similar mindset you mentioned earlier saying, you know what, I just can't see myself selling somebody else's product or did you say you were too good for the job? What was your mindset as to I'm not getting a job right? To be honest, like that's a great question actually. Wow, that's a really good question. I don't know if my mindset was I was too good for the job and I definitely don't know if my mindset was I just don't want a nine to five. But I think what made it easier was my friend was completely okay with me grinding the way I was grinding. You know what I mean? I had cushion. A lot, some, there are some people in this world, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs in this world that don't have that option, like where they need to make sure they get a job just to maintain, again, just to stay afloat, and then they can work on their self here and there when they have free time. I was put in a situation where he was okay with me being doing that. You know what I mean? Because I think he knew... I think he cared more about me as a person than he cared about what can he do for me. And that speaks volumes to what a friend really is, in my opinion, because a lot of people don't understand that. You know what I mean? Um, And I mean, at that point in time, it was like I could get a job, but how long would I even be there? You know what I mean? Like how long would I even want the job and would I just up and quit? And so it was one of those things where it was kind of like a foregone conclusion. Like I already knew that I was definitely going to do something with basketball. And I think I believed in it so much that that desire alone and that passion alone and that fire that I just had to want it was just too much for me to just let go or to push aside to even try to focus my attention on any sort of job of any sort. And so I think just part of it was determination And the other part of it was I had somebody that understood where I was at and what I was trying to accomplish. And he wasn't going to let that dream go any more than I was. And so, again, a lot of kudos to my friend Josh. Like, he he really put me at that. He really helped me sustain the level of focus that I needed to pursue where I'm at today. That's a good answer to a good question from what you said. So, all right, a couple of random Random questions that I want to spread off for you and no need to, you don't have to elaborate. Well, there's one I think you're going to want to elaborate into. First one, and random note, man, I wish I could just talk to the the trainers listening right now because I know there's probably a question they wanted me to dig into to ask. Here's one. Hopefully this is one that somebody's digging, wanting to hear. How long did it take? How long did it transpire before you caught your break between you moving in with your friend, training at $5 an hour? to, you know, you have enough to move out or you have enough to, you know, put your head above water? Okay, that's a great question. I want to say it took me about a year and a half, a year and a half to two years consistently. And part of that was working on playing professional basketball in Arkansas, that not working out. So coming back to the situation and figuring out the whole training situation and just just trying to move on from there. I want to definitely say, though, about a year and a half to two years, it took me to really put myself out there. And when I finally got my big break, Micah Lancaster, NBA skills trainer for I'm Possible Training, he's one of the best in the business. He saw some of my stuff, and he liked what he saw. And so he actually invited me out to Atlantic City. He was having his top fifth through eighth graders in the country on the East Coast. He was having a huge showcase for them. And he simply wanted to see how I could work with these athletes. And by the time the camp was done, the showcase itself was done, he had offered me a job to move to North Carolina, or Raleigh, North Carolina, to start training 
under his wing, under his careful vision, and just learning the I'm possible training way. And so I went from basically making $5 an hour two years ago to now being in the situation where I'm literally running I'm possible training camps in different parts of the country and obviously running um, I'm possible training centers in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so being taught by a guy like Michael Lancaster, like Anthony Porter from I'm Possible Training, like DJ Sackman from I'm Possible Training, being around those guys, those NBA skills trainers, that really set me apart from anybody coming out of my home state that wanted to pursue basketball training. And to just look back at where I was two years prior, struggling to get hot dogs from the local convenience store to being able to travel different parts of the country at that time to teach the game was just something crazy. I mean, we were working out with NBA players such as Reggie Bullock. He was actually my first pre-draft workout to training guys like Evan Turner, my first actual NBA player. To see that and to be a part of that and to actually sit there in the gym looking at Evan Turner and just thinking where I was just a few months ago even, it was crazy to me. It was it was a great feeling. And so I want to say my first big break came about a year and a half into a two years um, prior to all that. Man, that's that's talk about a a break for real. So tell me, how do you stay humble with all of this happening? A lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. A lot of it has to do with I'm appreciative of the people that have helped me. You know what I mean? Like I, I will never forget. I will never forget people like okay. So for instance, you know Najee Kelly. Yeah, I know. How do you know him? Yeah, well, okay, so he literally, he saw my stuff a while ago. Like, he saw my stuff actually when I was first starting out as a trainer. Or, excuse me, when I first pulled away from I'm Possible Training and started my own business called One Dream Elite. He saw my videos and he saw what I was trying to accomplish. And he actually built my first website. He built my first website and he did it scotch-free. He was just really trying to help me um, get myself out there and he knew that by him doing that, he could also plug in what he could do for people. And we really, together, entrepreneurs together, we just kind of bounced ideas off each other. He flew up to the state of Vermont and literally just like stayed with me. We built a website. We actually did a uh, promo video together, filmed the promo video together. We filmed the DVD together. We just did a bunch of stuff together that allowed some type of payment for both of us. You know what I mean? Some type of way of putting out what we both do best and we combined it and it was huge it was it was huge and it was a good situation later once Najee and I decided to separate and to go our own separate ways what Najee helped me realize is the grind is so real if I want to continue to build my legacy as a basketball trainer I really have to make sure I have everything on media to a T from a website to good good footage to just the camera angles in the gym. Like he helped me realize like it's important to really make sure that the people see good product and your clients see good product. And so that alone took me to a higher level of understanding from a social media standpoint. And it really helped me put myself out there in a sense where, just in a sense where, you know what, this is a day-to-day thing. You can't just do this one day and then hesitate and then do it next week and then hesitate. No, this is something you have to be extremely consistent with. And so what I think humbles me the most is the fact that people don't even know how much work I put in. And I'm not 
I don't want to brag about it. There's no point in bragging about it. I would more rather show the results of the work that I put in and let that be the the talk. You know what I mean? I would rather show where I'm going and let that be the talk. And so when I post, I post a lot on accomplishments. Again, like obviously I post a lot on social media, but people don't realize it's like, yo, I'm posting videos of me in the gym. So prior to me even being on social media, being on Facebook, Instagram, look at all these videos. Look at all these pictures. Look at this. I'm in a different country running a camp or a clinic. Look at this. I'm actually like working out a pro, whether it's an overseas player or a WNBA player or a, an NBA player, you name it, like, or an NCAA college player. Like, look at me. I, I'm doing this on a day-to-day basis. And it's all right in front of your nose. And you don't realize how much time and work I put into making it all happen. And so... I think what humbles me is the idea of how much work goes into it anyways, because the work that goes into it, the average trainer just isn't willing to do. They hire people for that stuff. And and for me, as an entrepreneur, I would rather learn how to do everything myself. That way I don't have to depend on anybody to do anything for me. It's different if I need help with promoting. It's different if I need help with gathering information, stuff like that. I'll reach out to sources. I'll do stuff like that. But all I have to do is click the power button on a computer and I've learned how to build my own website and I learned what's new and what's fresh. I learned what needs to be updated, what needs to be plugged in. Um, If I can do all that myself, why not learn it? Because that's a trait that they're just not teaching in school. That's a trait that you're not learning anywhere else. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm not a website designer, but I know how to build my own website. I'm not a professional speaker when it comes to politics, but I can speak on that. You know what I mean? I'm not a professional speaker when it comes to going to school for public speaking, but I can public speak with the best of them. And so it's like, I've learned how to do all this stuff and there's always somebody better than you. You know what I mean? I learned from Michael Lancaster. He's, he's the best MBA skills trainer in the world. So I know for a fact, because I see I'm possible training and I see what they're doing. I know for a fact that I need to continue to work because I'm still levels below what they are as a company. And so for me personally, it's like, I'm not envious of people. But I do know that I can learn so much from individuals and I try to humble myself in the sense of chase your greatness. Don't chase somebody else's greatness because they're great because of their vision and what they've seen and accomplished. Chasing greatness, chase your greatness simply means, you know what, I have all this in front of me. You know what I mean? I have bread. I have jelly. I have peanut butter. I have a knife. Put it together and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that's that's just how I, that's how I look at life. That's just how I look at life that simple yum and it turns out to be good that's my favorite sandwich man so you a lot of stuff there too i'll ask you all off air about Najee. that's my business partner right there so good definitely fair. about to chop it up with you about that and i know we got to wrap up pretty soon here too so two more questions actually one problem that i'm seeing a lot of trainers are having is videography now mm-hmm. you have a lot of videos man you have a documentary coming out soon too how Absolutely. are you getting these of course Nachi shot one video but how are you continuously putting out these great videos having all this editing what's your process for getting someone how would you tell a trainer to get somebody how would you coach them to get somebody to help out with the videography I would tell a trainer I would really just tell a trainer especially one that really truthfully wants to put himself out there or put herself out there I would tell them to first Put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Don't just say it. Actually do it. Because as I built my business and as I built my um, connections, I find that people gladly want to work with you. 
You know what I mean? Like people you might not know. I have a lot of guys from Poland, Poland, not this country, from Poland that want to do a lot of like video editing for me. And they're great at it. That's what they do. And it's for free. Now, I pay them to do it only because I appreciate the work that they put in and I appreciate their talent. As entrepreneurs, they have great talent in what they do. And so I appreciate them for it. But with that being said, they come at me because they are inspired by anything. They are inspired by anything that looks like it's something they want to be a part of. And so first and foremost, market yourself. It's important to market yourself. And I get it. Some people struggle with it. But continue to market yourself. Reach out to people. Let them understand where you're at. Let them understand where you're trying to go. Let them understand your plan. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to have a five-year plan. To me, that's the most cliche thing in the world. Everybody will always ask you, what's your plan? What's your five-year plan? You know what? Nine times out of 10, the majority of anybody that asks you what your five-year plan is, they don't even have one themselves. And so to me, it's like my five-year plan is, you know what? This year, I'm going to be successful. And then I'm going to worry about next year when next year comes. Do I have an idea of where I want to be next year? Yes. But if I'm not focused on plan A, there's no point in focusing on plan B because that distracts from plan A. And that's just my own personal opinion. And so with that being said, I just put myself out there. I let people know like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm about. If you like it, reach out to me. Now, do I post and say that? Absolutely not. But do I literally post and say, hey, join One Dream Elite. Join the Chasing Greatness movement. Check out what we're all about. Check to see what's coming up. Check to see where we're at as far as like in the country or outside of the country. Check to see what Anthony Baffalon's doing as far as professional basketball is concerned. And when you really start connecting your reality to the real world, everything starts to make sense for people. And people want to be a part of something like that. People want to be a part of something that looks fun. For sure, man. You may be, and I was obviously a believer when I reached out to you, but I think I saw one specific motivation video. I think it was after, well, side note, you have made yourself, I don't know what the correct term is, what necessities are there for you to be considered a public figure, but you're making yourself a public figure. So you have to accept when people blaspheme you or they libel you, slander you, that kind of stuff too. What you have done is really impressive, man. And again, it's funny because now I'm a part of the movement. Just yep, as simple as that. Absolutely. For you just pushing stuff out there and just putting content out and being consistent, I'm a believer too. So I know that that's going to follow once I share it, once I tell the people, podcast comes out. It's going to it's going to compound, which is pretty cool. So the last question, man, last question. You sound like, to finish the video question, you sound like you get somebody to just record and you get all these pieces of content together, of video clips, and you just have somebody in Poland edit them together. Is that the process? Well, that's one of the aspects. I call it projects. And so what I do is I reach out to certain people or certain people reach out to me saying, hey, Anthony, do you have a project coming up? And basically, I just take them into consideration. Actually, to speak on the drive project a little bit before we go, my guy, Sean Freeman, he's actually from St. Petersburg, Florida. I, it was the exact opposite. He didn't reach out to me. I actually saw him post something on a team's page that actually my professional basketball team is going to be playing again. And I just saw him post something. He actually works for that team specifically. And it was amazing. What he posted just caught my eye. It just caught my eye. 
Now, whether he's further in business than I am or I'm further in business than he is, the point is he put out something that attracted me. I hit him up on Facebook. Him and I decided, you know what, let's talk tonight. Let's see what we can come up with. I literally drew up an idea in my head a while ago, and I decided, you know what, this is the guy that I want to do this project with me. Him and I started talking on the phone that night. We uh, cleaned up everything we wanted to talk about the next day, and boom, the drive project was created. Just like that, the drive project was created. The drive project's all about my life and being adopted and not necessarily knowing who I was prior to my sophomore year of high school, and then really starting to figure out that I'm different and understanding that, you know what, as an African-American, it isn't as easy as people may think it is growing up in the state of Vermont. And then, like, my love for basketball came into play. And so him and I decided to just put all of that together and create a documentary called The Drive Project. And everybody knows what drive is. Everybody has some type of drive if they want something in life. And that's what it's all about. And so him and I, like, just brainstormed and put ideas together. And he's actually a videographer. He actually does video editing. He, he, he has his own cameras, his own mics. He's purchasing like a lot to make this project work. There's so much going on with it. And the point of it all is it's like, it's so fun to be able to reach out to people, like-minded people that share the same level of passion, but it just might be a different object or a different sport or a different career path. And, and it feels really cool to be able to to know that there are people in this world that want to be a part of something that you've built. So it's not necessarily just reaching out to people and saying, hey, will you videotape for me while I'm in the gym? It's not even like that. But more or less, it's about just understanding that if somebody has a talent, why not mix in with that world? Why not try to understand that world? Why not try to understand that person's values and that person's goals and desires? Because that's the type of person that you need to be around regardless to get to the next level, especially if you're a trainer. Oh, Anthony, man, you know, I think scotch is the slang you use. No, no BS, no fluff, no smoke, man. You're a definite inspiration to me and I'm sure to the audience, too. Where can the audience find you if they want to find out more? Absolutely. If you go to www.anthonybathlon.com, you can find, obviously, my entire website's right there. I keep it updated frequently. Um, I don't obviously post as much on my website as I do on Facebook, but nonetheless, um, the website is there for the people that really want a more in-depth version of who Anthony Bathlon is because it's not like Facebook. It's, it's all about me. It's all about one dreamy elite. It's all about chasing greatness. It's all about basketball training and professional basketball. And so it really allows people to get even closer to me and to understand like, hey, this is, this is reality. You know what I mean? This is who he is and there's no fabrication. You know what I mean? And so it allows people to, to kind of connect with me on a personal level. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Bathalon. Anthony, thank you, man, for your time and for sharing some of your experiences and your wisdom. Hey, I appreciate the invite. It was fun. It was really fun. And I thank you very much for it. For sure. Everybody, until next time, man. Anthony, take care. Yes, you too. Thanks for listening to the Basketball to Business Media Podcast. If you want to learn more and take the next steps towards growing your business, go to www.basketballtobusiness.com. Like this episode, review us on iTunes, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll catch you on the next show.